Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello. Hey, Lindsay. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Uh-oh. <laughs> it's been a bad day. Oh, the floor is falling out as we're trying to leave town on vacation. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, well, why, why don't I just make this a really quick call then and not count it against your time? Because really, I just want to give you an idea of the timelines and kind of what we'll be working on. And since you're going out of town, you can't really work on any of this anyway, right? So if you just want to go over um, the project timeline 
in, in the first piece of what we'll need to work on when you get back, we can do that. I don't want to take up too much of your time for sure. Okay. Will that work? Sure. Okay. Okay. Hold on just a second. Um, did you receive my email? Um, or actually, it's an email from Google giving you access to a shared folder. Um, when did you send it? Today? Uh, it would, yes, it would have been a couple minutes ago, and it was to the address um, the hope prevails at techcent.com. I did. Let, let me see if I can get it. Uh, okay. Because I have problems with the Google, when it has anything to do with Google. Okay, I okay. got it. I see it. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay, before we dive into that, um, I usually like to start these calls with prayer. So is there anything in particular? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything in particular that you'd like me to pray over? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my the documents for this, I told you about that frivolous ethics case. Of course. Complaint. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, my attorney is like throwing stuff at me left and right before we before we leave tomorrow morning. Um, and oh, there's gosh. mistakes in it. So um, we're we're trying to get that wrapped up because she only has until next week. It has to be filed by next week. And I said, you realize I'm going to be on a tin can in the middle of the ocean. Like, um, I can't help you. You've got to get it to me, like, before we leave. And so oh, we're goodness. just trying to wrap that up so that it can be dismissed without prejudice. That's that's my big thing. Okay. Okay. So we'll definitely yeah. pray over that. And then re- remind me where you're going. I know you told me. I just can't remember. We are going on a cruise uh, somewhere in the Caribbean. This sounds funny, but I don't. I don't even know where we're going, and I don't care. Like I right. need to get out of town. I just like I don't care where <laughs> we're going. Like people have asked me, and they look at me like you don't know. And like no, and I don't care. Like I don't care if I ever get off the ship. Like my boys want to go. They're like, Mom, are we going on any excursions? I'm like, I don't. Know. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna You're like you loose, and I don't care. Take your passport. I don't care. As long no, I'm just as kidding. I have, like, as long as I have peace and serenity, and maybe a beach, then I'm fine, right? Yeah, I, I think we're stopping in Mexico one day. I think we're stopping in Honduras. I don't know that we'll get off at either place. I don't care. I just stress has been real high. The Lord showed me you need to rest. You need to rest. Yes. You need to rest. I'm like, okay, Lord, I think you got my attention. And you're not you're not taking like work or your laptop or anything like that, right? I am taking my laptop because it's like my security <gasps> blanket. Like, I don't think I could not, like, mm. I, I, but but mm. I will have to unplug because, like, there's no Wi-Fi in the middle of the ocean. Mm. So I will That's have to, true. but, you know, if he shows me anything, like, I want to be able to write. Yeah. But I am taking, like, four books. Okay. Which, okay. which for me is relaxation, you know. Just try, just try not to, like, check email. <laughs> Stuff like yeah. That. yeah, yeah, and I say that just from my husband has actually forbidden me from taking any sort of electronic devices with us on vacation, and and he makes me take everything off my phone, like email and Facebook and all that kind of stuff, because I'm just you know constantly connected, and he's always right. It gives me a little bit of, it kind of clears the clutter if that makes sense, right? It yeah. allows me to empty my mind and really focus and be present, you know, on what I'm doing. So. Go for it in terms of writing. Just just try not to get distracted by what's going on because you need the rest. I mean, you've been yeah. running a hundred and thousand percent. I, I, I do. I do. Well, the good thing is is that to connect yeah. would be international charges, and I'm too frugal for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. I'd be too. 
Awesome. Okay, I need to ask you a couple of questions before we get to the project plan because um, normally I have this conversation, but you and I had already kind of talked about this before, like via email, before we, we contracted. So a while back um, you had told me that you were having a meeting with your publisher and you didn't know exactly how to prepare. So I sent you a, um, a couple of questions and kind of told you a little bit of how to prepare for that. Um, so specifically, I think you got that email. You referenced somewhere that you did. So were you able to ask um, some of these questions of the publisher, or do you need me to remind you what they were? Because it's going to help me understand. I would need you to remind me. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to take notes while we're type or talking, too, because it's going to help me know kind of where they stand on certain things before I can go ahead and make like a full-blown plan for you. Um, so the first question I, I told you to ask them was, you know, could they walk you through the marketing implicitly plan they have in place for your project, which they may not have done yet at the time that you talked to them. They so, have not because they did not have a plan in place yet. Okay, that's fine. And um, that's typical given the time frame of when your book is releasing. Usually most publishers will have something pulled together like two to three months before the book release. Um, from their perspective. And remember, their marketing and publicity plan is focused on online and offline retail distribution and then getting you into kind of your traditional media outlets. So that's what the publicity is for, you know, setting up interviews and stuff like that. So it's not um, abnormal for them not to have anything in place, but I always like to have you ask that question because sometimes they surprise us, <laughs> and that's good. So what I'll do is just put a note to touch base on that later on. Um, and regardless of what they're doing, you and I can still move forward because remember, my role is to help you figure out what you need to do from a marketing and promotion perspective and really engaging with your readers in between now and the release date. So we don't have to wait on them, but it's good for good. me to know. It's, it, yeah, it's good for me to yeah, know. Yeah, I don't want to wait on them. No, 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 no. It's good for me to know when they're going to kind of kick in because I like to integrate um, some of what they're doing and what they're sharing and how they're promoting you into the launch team assignment and stuff like that. Okay. So that's why I asked that. Okay, um, and I, the other one was, could you email me the formal marketing plan, which they don't have, so that's, that's fine. Um, the third question was, what budget do you have in place to assist with marketing, and what can that be used for? So, for example, you attending a specific conference or giveaway items, you know, pre-order offers, that sort of thing. They probably didn't have an answer to that either because uh, of the I marketing. Asked them. Yeah, I asked <laughs> them, and um, they, didn't, they didn't tell me what, um, what budget they had. And, okay. Uh, so I didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't get a good answer to that. Did they just change subject? <laughs> uh, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. fact, so I asked them two ways. I asked them on the telephone, and I asked them before that call, um, uh -huh. and they said that they don't usually release that information to authors. I was like, okay, well, well all right then. Well. Yeah, and this is Ravel, right? Yeah, 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 that's funny. Okay, yeah, yeah, trust me, I've heard it all. It's kind of funny. Okay, so going forward, like when we walk through the plan and we kind of determine what we want to do for, for those items, um, the, the next tactic we can use is to go, okay, here's what we're thinking of doing, um, you know, and this is the approximate cost. Is this something you can cover? And so sometimes when they have a better idea, of what we're wanting to do and kind of the overall picture, then they're willing to kind of pitch in from an investment perspective. 
Um, but they don't usually like to share that information this early because it depends on a lot of factors. Okay. So that's typical too. Um, well, you, and I should you let you know, this may not impact anything, but I contact, contacted them a couple weeks ago and because uh -huh. um, a couple authors suggested who have had like multiple books suggested contact them and ask them if it would be helpful if you were willing to put additional funds towards getting your own outside publicist to work with them like through LitFuse or whatever and they were uh -huh. almost like defensive about it and said that no that they don't find it very helpful to work in conjunction with somebody like LitFuse and I was like okay well like I thought they would be happy about that yeah, really what it is, is Ravel, um, most publishers have either their own, like, in-house publicist, or they have their own preferred contractors they work with, right? So it's probably more along the lines of they already have someone within the publishing house that will do the publicity, or they have, like, one or two people they prefer to work with. That's that's probably why you got that response. Um, I think LitFuse is is fabulous, but there's a, um, several other different ones that um, I've seen used by different publishers. So it's probably more they just have their own preferred vendor. And okay. the other the other thing is I, that they, they don't. They would have, be happy that I was willing to, you know, kind of help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I it, it, part of it too is is maybe they thought you meant like you having your own publicist and them. And having their own, which would, would kind of conf conflict a little bit in that um, the same, like you'd have two different people with two different approaches trying to pitch the same material. So that can be kind of confusing to the people on the receiving end. So they might have just misunderstood. Oh. But I would venture to say that either they have someone in-house or they have preferred vendors. Um, but most of the policies I've worked with across the publishers have all been fantastic, you know. And um, there's uh, probably four or five that I see typically use. And I'll look up and see if I can find who the publicist was for my client that had Ravel before. I don't, I don't remember the name. Um, but I, I'd venture to say that it's someone that they work with closely. You know, it's why certain publishers hire me all the time, right, because they know me and they work with me. But, you know, if someone else, like, were to come in, you know, they tend to go with the people they know and they've seen the work they've done because it's a safe bet for them. They know it's going to get taken care of, you know. Okay. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into that, um, but every publisher has their preferred vendors. And um, um, were you able to ask them about creating graphics or images for social media promotion on your behalf? Um, they... I didn't ask them if they will create. They talked about doing some Facebook promoting and the potential of doing some Facebook ads. They didn't okay. specifically talk about whether or not they would create the graphics, but it kind of sounded okay. like they would do some. But Yeah, they did for my other client, so I wouldn't be surprised, but we can touch base with them again later on. Okay, that's fine. And then the other question I had was, um, are they going to be able to provide physical copies of the book for the launch team or a digital copy or both? You know, uh, what did they say? Oh, when I, oh, I did ask a question about ARCs. Um, I don't think I mm -hmm. asked in that meeting, but I asked recently because I'm going to, I'm um, sponsoring 
um, a conference coming up, and when I asked mm-hmm. about that, they said that they save the art copies for their influencers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about digital copies. Okay. So I guess I don't know the answer to that. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's fine. Hold on. Save for influencers. Okay, we're about to talk about influencers, so I'll just make a note real quick. Okay, and then what's the conference that you're sponsoring? Um, I'm sponsoring a luncheon for the Thrive Conference, which is April 1st through 3rd. It's a local conference put on by Tracy Mitchell. And the part that I'm sponsoring is the luncheon for the ministry leaders. Okay. And so as part of that, um, I've had designed a, a postcard, my postcard and my and my business card will go into the, the goodie bag that's got mm-hmm. the information and a QR code for um, to go to the Amazon page to pre-order the book. And then there's also a 30-second video clip. Okay. Okay, so they were basically saying that the advanced reader copies, that's not something they'd want to use in that scenario. They want to reserve right. it for influencers. Right. So okay. what they are going to do for me, I hope they get it done in time, what they are going to do is like a tall um, promotional banner and then a tabletop size um, promo um, okay. banner. Okay. It and it would be interesting to see if they could give you, um, I, maybe not the full book, but like a free chapter or an extended preview of the book that you could attach with that QR code, right? Um, I know you want people to pre-order the book, but, but if they can read like a chapter, for example, and kind of get a feel for it, and that might be helpful. Sorry, my dog's freaking out. Or what? A, a free, free chapter. chapter or what? A free chapter or an extended preview. And so an extended preview is usually, I'm sorry. Um, hold on just a second. My dogs are talking to each other. One is inside and one is out. So I wonder if it's too late to, to attach okay. it to that QR code. So that QR code links up to the Amazon page. Okay. Okay. Um, the other thing I noticed about the Amazon page is right now, like if the QR code is already attached to the Amazon page and it's kind of late to get all that reprinted, they might be able to, um, on Amazon, there's a, a feature where you can kind of look inside the book. And that right now, let me see if that's active. That's not enabled on the Amazon book right now, right? So right now you just uh-huh. have the book cover, you have the description, um, and there's a feature that you can add where they can look inside and see generally like the introduction, you know, uh-huh. and like yeah. part of part of the first chapter. So yeah. if that can be if that can be enabled, that will be able that that will give attendees the ability to go in and kind of read that, you know, on Amazon before they preview. That's probably the easiest oh, okay. way to do it at this point. Yeah which I'll put in notes for you, but it's called, um, you see the official terminology. Uh, look inside is, is okay. a feature. Uh-huh. And then, so when you click on the cover, then it opens the book and it usually gives like yeah. the, the front cover, copyright, table of contents, and like a, a subsection of the book. It's usually like 10 pages or something like that. Now, is it going to hurt me if people are, Pre-ordering it now? 
because I know that you want them to pre-order within a certain window to, you know, to help your rankings and stuff. Well, it wouldn't hurt for them to pre-order now because pre-order serves a couple of different purposes. So um, I don't know. We were actually talking about this in the Christian Writers Shop Talk group last night. But um, the first thing that pre-orders does is it helps establish kind of a baseline of how the book is doing. So when um, the publisher goes to online or offline distributors and says, hey, to the buyers, you know, you should buy this book and this is why – and the buyers will often go look and see how the pre-orders are doing, um, you know, across the board. So it helps them gauge kind of the interest in the book in advance and helps them gauge, like, how, how many um, books they should actually order to have in stock. So there's not – there is a benefit to having the pre-order available now. Um, I just personally don't heavily promote that until – closer to the release date so usually like within eight eight to ten weeks but and but it you definitely want to take advantage of the conference that you're going to be at for sure because that's a great opportunity so if you have the postcard in there that'll be great um and i'm wondering too if there's a way did you say that you already did the postcard you already done yeah in fact we redid it twice because we didn't realize that the first QR code was associated with my Amazon account. Where she's like, I hand those out. I was like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It's okay. It's okay. And maybe have um, some sort of sign up. Uh, Do you have an email list? Like, do you use Mailchimp or something like that? Yeah, we do. Uh Okay. So maybe have a sign up for people who are interested in being part of the launch, where they can just enter their name and their email address. Um, and they don't have to do it, like, on a computer or anything like that. You can just have, like, a slip of paper. Um, and then we can enter it into, like, your MailChimp as a list for the launch specifically, right? So that way they're giving permission, you know, to receive information about the book, to get periodic updates, and then to eventually be invited to kind of be part of the team. So okay. I, would definitely, I would definitely have something like that on your table. Okay. Just and just people ask me about that frequently. What will that mean? Like, we don't know yet if that means they'll get a copy of the book or if they'll just get a PDF or. Yeah, we like, don't. We don't know. They'll just point. be an advanced reader. We can say mm-hmm. that, right? They'll be an advanced reader. Yeah. Some way, just, some form. Generally, it's safe, especially with Ravel. It's generally safe to say that they'll they'll receive the book in. Um, some sort of digital format. So I wouldn't promise like physical books because we don't know for sure um, how many we'll get. But we can usually get the book on a digital format. So, for example, there's a website called NetGalley. And what that is is a, a advanced reader copy of the book in digital form. And it's available on this website called NetGalley. So we have to get the publisher to put it on there. And then we can give the link to the launch team members to download and read, you know, or anybody who signs up for those lists. When that happens, we can say, hey, here's the book in advance. You can download it and read it now. So nine times out of ten, we're able to get the digital copy in that way. And a lot of publishers use it because it's protected versus just sending out, you know, a random PDF file or something like that. Yeah, and I'm going to look up real quick. I'm sure Ravel's on here because that's how he distributed the last client book but let me just make sure and so basically it's 
it's kind of an advanced reader version of free ebooks <laughs> for reviewers and bloggers is what it is. Um, I'm just looking up the publisher real quick. Should I email them to find out how they do that? Yeah, yeah. Remember, I'm going to send you notes, so I'll tell you what, exactly what to do um, in the notes. But yeah, Baker and Ravel is on here, so they already use this. So it's really just a matter of getting them to um, get the book up there and live and available. Um, the other cool thing about NetGalley is that it's not just our launch team that can access it. Anybody that's part of NetGalley, like I'm part of NetGalley, and I, not just from a work perspective, but it's actually, I download books all the time and leave reviews for them. That's how I read a lot of my fiction books because I don't like to pay for a lot of books <laughs> that I read literally in like an hour. <laughs> so, you know, I go and download them, I read them, I leave a review, and that's great. And so they have a database of people that are associated with NetGalley that are not publisher or not necessarily related to you, but that like to download books and read them and leave reviews and connect with the authors down the, after the fact. So it's kind of a cool way to get new readers in that method. But yeah, I'll put that in your notes on how to reach out to them. But at minimum, we should be able to get that just because they're already on there and they're already familiar with it. So I would just say a digital version of the book in advance. Okay. And um, the other questions I had to do had to do with when would the final copy be ready for print and if they knew how many books they were going to be printing in the first run, which they may not know at this point either. They didn't know. Okay. That's fine. We'll ask them more about that later. Okay. And then the other thing that I had mentioned in this email was to kind of give them an outline focusing on ideas you have. Um, did you do that? Would you, or were you able to send I them did. anything? Okay. I I gave them lots of ideas. Um, okay. Did I not just make you? I can send it to you. Yeah. Like yeah. Just make just make sure you send it to me, and then I'll go over it. Okay. Cool. Okay. That was easy. Those yeah. Just, um, I gave them lots of ideas. In fact, my agent was like, "Oh my gosh! I wish every author gave this many ideas." Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. And remember, part of the reason I I have my clients do that. Number one, I have them ask the questions because. Um, it shows the publisher that you're serious, <laughs> that you're really trying to think through what you can and cannot do in order to assist the marketing efforts, right? And then the outline is, is also just doubly fabulous in that respect because it shows that you're really thinking this through and you're wanting to carry kind of your load. You're not just expecting them to do everything for you. You're trying to partner with them. So. That's why I had you ask the questions and kind of create this outline. And then also, to be honest, again, the process itself is kind of a long process and it can be overwhelming. And sometimes it just helps to get all the ideas out of your head on, onto paper so that we can then go through them, figure out what's actually something we can do in that time frame or not, and then put it into a project plan so you know how to break all those ideas apart into manageable action steps, okay? So just make sure and send it to me, and then I'll go over that, and we'll go through that in more detail when we start working on content for the actual blog and newsletter and website and all that. But at a minimum for this conference, um, what I just put down in the email I'll send you for homework is to check on adding the look inside to the Amazon and then um, adding a way for people to sign up for the launch team. Um, and the other thing 
in terms of the launch team is it's really not too early to, to like start <laughs> collecting people, right? Because what we can do is in between now and then, we can just send like a monthly update that says, hey, this is what's going on. You know, will you pray over this? Or, you know, we're really working with the publisher, you know, to do X, Y, or Z. You know, can you cover this in, in prayer? Or here's what's going on in my world as I'm trying to release this book. You know, it, it's just a way to kind of interact with them well before, like, you're basically asking them to do a bunch of stuff for you. So it's okay that, you know, the book isn't coming out until later in the summer, but that we're still connecting with them now. That's fine. In case you're wondering. Okay. Okay, yeah, because, you know, I've had several people say, hey, if you're, you know, you're developing your launch team, let me know. And I keep thinking, well, it's going to happen sometime this spring, and yeah. I don't know what to do with them, and I'm afraid I'm going to lose their name, yeah. you know. Yeah, for now, it's, 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 you need to set up a list in MailChimp that's specifically for your launch team. And then add in whatever names and addresses, email addresses you already have, and then at this event, and, you know, collect more. Anytime you have an event between now and then or speaking engagement or anything like that, you can direct people to the sign-up form, you know, for the launch team. Um, and if you want me, like, I know you're going to be out. So I can, theoretically, I can set up, like, the sign-up form for you and a little, like, an autoresponder to them. Um, so, like, when, when their name and email address is entered, they would get a little note back just welcoming them to the launch team and telling them what to expect over the next couple of months. And then that way, that should avoid, um, like, a multitude of questions going to you, right, if they have an idea of what they're supposed to do and what's coming. But at, this early in the game, I usually use the launch team list as, as more of a prayer support group, <laughs> you know, as you're walking yeah. through the process. And then yeah. when, we get when we get closer to actually having the book available for them to read, you know, then I direct them on how to join the team and Facebook and what to expect and all that kind of stuff. Um, so definitely we can start it now. It's not a problem at all. Okay. okay good. Now, in terms of me setting up the list, there's one of two ways I can do it. You can tell me login details or you can set me up as a um, – a temporary like admin on MailChimp. So what that means is I, I log in as me, my own MailChimp account, and I just happen to have access to your MailChimp for a limited time period. So I'll send you instructions on that because you have to do that part. I can't do it for you. Um, but that will allow me to go in and just set up like the list and set up the autoresponder. And then down the road, when we're communicating, you know, with that team, um, often I'll go in there and draft the emails to the team and stuff like that. So you can have them all in one place um, and, and have approval and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, okay, let me go over really quickly. I just told you I wasn't going to take forever. I'm already at 30 minutes. <laughs> I'll hurry. Um, let me just touch really quickly on the Google Drive that I sent you. And I just kind of want you to think about this and pray over this while you're gone. So don't like sit here and mess around with spreadsheets or anything like that, but just kind of, you know, take a step back and really think through how you want to utilize this, okay? Um, the first spreadsheet I have in here um, is a project plan. And right now it is bare bones. It just has like a list of, um, 
common tasks that are associated with the book launch process from start to finish. There's like 40 things on there right now. So right now it just has a description. It has like a field for dates, which will be the due dates down the road. Um, it has a field for who's responsible, you versus me. And I am telling you that 90% of it is me. So don't open the spreadsheet and go, oh, my gosh, I have to do all this stuff. <laughs> That's not <laughs> okay. the case. No, not, not at all. But the reason I provide this is because I want you to kind of have a good overall picture of what's going on behind the scenes and what I'm doing in between, like, the calls that we're having. So um, this isn't all-encompassing. Like when we start working on content, I'll often add items in here depending on like what the content creation looks like. So for example, if we need to set up giveaways, um, one of the line items I would add in here is like specifically um, setting up how we're going to do the giveaway and what, you know, plugin or widget or how, how is that going to work? What are we going to do? If we need um, any other kind of marketing collateral, like the postcard or anything like that, that might be something that gets added on here later. But for now, this is just a basic overview um, of what, most, what happens in most book launches. Um, status is just what's, what the status is of that particular item, um, whether it's complete or in progress, that sort of thing. And then I have a little notes section next to each one. So for example, um, I'm often on the phone calls with the publishers, with, with my authors, and if that is something you want me to do, that is perfectly fine. Some authors don't want it, and some do. Um, if you want me to be on the call, um, all you have to do is just tell your publisher, you know, I've hired, I've hired a launch team manager, and she's going to be on the calls with us just so she can have an idea of what you all are doing so that we can make sure everything we're doing supports you, and they're always fine with that. So, for example, if I'm on a publisher call with you and they're talking and they give details, like I'll be on the call taking notes and updating like the project plan and stuff like that with the information that we need to move forward so you don't have to worry about that. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So all to say um, the project plan's in there. You can look at it after you get back because it's really not important right now at this particular moment. But it's there, again, so you kind of have an idea of what will be happening in each phase of the book launch, okay? And um, the second spreadsheet is the potential partners spreadsheet. And this one is usually um, the most time, well, this is the most time-consuming piece um, outside of actually you having to write, like, content, right, for newsletters or giveaways or whatever. Um, and this is often the, the part that fills the most uncomfortable for most authors. Um, so what this is is a spreadsheet that is separated out into different tabs of people that we could reach out to to come alongside you as this book is being released, okay? So the one that everybody intensely dislikes doing is the main influencer list that the publisher is requesting, okay? And this is not your endorsers. You know, endorsers are given the book to read and they want a specific endorsement for the book. Influencers are what your publisher was referring to earlier when they said we usually reserve the advanced reader copies for influencers. Um, in the publisher's mind, an influencer um, is someone within your kind of your connection group. It could be another author or speaker or ministry leader, um, you know, an expert in the field that you're writing on. 
um, that you may not necessarily have a relationship with, right? So say there's a counselor that leads a great ministry that you think this book would really benefit their audience, you know, or there's an author who writes on mental health, or there's a speaker that has a huge conference and it's all focused on those items. Um, those are the type of people that would wind up on this influencer list. And the number of people you put on here is directly related to the number of advanced reader copies the publisher is going to give you. Okay, so that's why we need to know, you know, are, are they giving us 20? Is it 50? Is it 100? Um, the average is about 50, just so you know. So it's coming up with a list of names, um, contact information, um, so that the publisher can send to these people an advanced reader copy of the book, you know, some information about the book, very similar to your postcard and ask them um, to kind of come alongside you. And, and these are usually people that are, um, like their editorial calendar is six months in advance, right? So if they respond back and say, yes, I'd really love, you know, to interview M Michelle, you know, it may be six months from now, right? Or if they come back and say, you know, this is great, I'd love, you know, to interview her on my podcast, you know? so. It, it's just um, the reason the publisher sends these out is because they are the publisher. And so there's a little bit more um, clout, for lack of a better word, with the book and the information coming from the publisher to these influencers versus like you mailing them directly. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, I often have my authors um, write letters to these influencers that are tailored to the influencers, which again, we'll talk about later. So say we have 30 people, um, I give you a template to use that you can customize as much as you want, but I always give templates because I figure if, if you have somewhere to start <laughs> and you kind of see the yeah. flow of how I like to communicate with people, and it, it, you'll find that everything I do is very, um, I really am trying to help you build relationships with people, right? So I'm never going to tell you to, to write something that says, here's my book, it's awesome, you should promote it for me. Like I would never do that in a million years. But I will show you how to connect with them in a way that shows that you know about them, you know about their ministry, and you really believe the, the work in the book will benefit their audience, and then here's how. You, do you see what I mean? Like it's a yeah. total, it's a total yeah. different feeling than I have this book, you know, can you tweet about it kind of thing. So that's kind of the first set of what we'll be working on when you get back is getting this list, this particular tab on the spreadsheet, the top influencers, done and ready. And it requires a little bit of research, right? Because we can find out the names in the web um, site, but sometimes it's a little more complicated to find email addresses and to find mailing addresses and stuff like that, which I can help with. Um, and then once that gets turned in to the publisher, you and I will move on to the other um, tabs that are at the bottom of the spreadsheet. So peer influencers are exactly what I just said for the first tab, except you actually know these people. You have a relationship with you. These are people that have already said, hey, I love what you're doing. I want to come alongside you. Okay. So that's the only difference. And the, what you ask of your peer influencers can be a little bit more personal um, and, and it can be a little bit more um, 
extensive. Like you can give them more options, right? Because usually the top influencers, they just don't have a lot of time. You know, they have, they may be able to tweet about it. They may be able to interview you, but they are not going to want to like be in a launch team. You know what I mean? With all these assignments and stuff like that. And so peer influencers, you ha- usually have a little bit more leeway of the types of, of things you can ask them to help with. And sometimes they'll also want to be in the launch team. So um, the way I view peer influencers, it, it has to do a lot with people that, um, like maybe you can write, you know, a guest post series for them, you know, or you can um, do an interview um, like on their podcast, like we talked about earlier, but it's a very different feeling because this is a more of a relational um, connection than it is. I have this book; it fits the needs of your audience. I mean, that's true in the peer influencer case, but again, it, it's just it's all about relationship. You just have a lot more freedom, and it feels a lot more comfortable. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, blogger outreach invite um, is actually something I work on more than you do. Um, and this is where I go in. Because remember, my proposal talks about me helping you with the influencers. And this is what, I, this is what I'm talking about. So I will go in and in the last three sections, um, the blogger outreach, ministry partners, and the podcast radio stuff, um, I will go out and try to find people that you may not necessarily be connected with, but I might be. And that fits the audience that you're aiming for. And so I'll often reach out to these people and say, hey, I have another client who has this book. You know, is there something we can do? You know, can she do a giveaway, an interview, whatever. Um, And then ministry partners has more to do with, um, like, for example, if we wanted to approach churches and, and have the book as a study for, like, their leadership right? That would be a ministry partner, you know, where we would approach the church and say, we have this book. This is why we think this is important for your leadership to read it because they deal with all these issues in the church body. You know, um, if you're interested in this, the book is available for, you know, 10 copies with a study guide kind of thing. Um, So that's kind of what ministry partners is, is it's kind of taking a step outside of your typical, like, you know, bloggers and stuff like that, and really trying to find ministries, um, counseling services, you know, um, advocate groups that would want to use the book to help the people they serve, okay? Um, And sometimes conferences can fall into that arena as well. So we've already talked about, like, AACC, the American Association of Christian Counselors. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is would definitely be a a ministry partner because they have this huge conference and you can um, apply to speak like in a breakout session. And what you're teaching is exactly in line with what their whole audience is there for. So that's another, you know, example of a ministry partner. Yeah. Okay. Um, Podcast, radio, TV. I always kind of giggle at the TV. I've only had like one client ever actually have a – from our perspective, have a TV opportunity. <laughs> That's usually a, a publicist thing. But I, I leave it on here because sometimes it happens. But um, when I'm talking about podcast and radio opportunities. But TV, TV could be a possibility. Yeah, because, absolutely. You know, I've got doctor in front of my name. Yeah, so exactly. That, that may help. But remember, like our role is to reach out to the more homegrown opportunities, right? So the podcasts 
or radio spots we would be reaching out to would be people that were more kind of your, your peer um, versus like a publicist at a, a publisher. They would be reaching out to kind of the mainstream media, like TV opportunities, radio, that sort of thing. And okay. so what, what we're trying to do is kind of um, find opportunities that are a little bit more um, – like I said, at the peer level that maybe you and I are connected with that are other authors or speakers that happen to have like their own podcast or their own radio spot or even their well, own little but TV I'm kind show. of hoping that, that mm-hmm. peer level will help because right now anyway, I'm a member of SWIMA, which is Christian Women in Media. Yeah. So, you know, that might help. Like, yeah. like the, the conference that I'm sponsoring or helping to mm-hmm. sponsor is mm-hmm. Tracy Mitchell. Who has mm-hmm. her own TV program? Exactly. So, so that's what you know. that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Now we do have to be a little bit um, like that is something we work on more towards the release day because I usually prefer to work on that last piece after yeah. the publisher has confirmed a publicist or not. Um, the reason you already experienced some of this, right? The reason is sometimes the publisher doesn't want us approaching those kind of people. Does that make sense? So it just, it just depends on the publisher and their preference and their process. I have a publisher right now who flat out told us, don't pitch to anybody. You just give us the list and we'll do all of it. And that's fine. My, so, and that's fine. But my concern mm-hmm. is they're not going to do enough. Like so far they're not doing anything. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah. And I know it feels that way, but, but I am telling you, they really get the ball rolling closer to the release date. The thing with publishers, and I don't, I don't personally understand this either. Well, okay, I understand both sides. So on one side, you have a publisher who has a very finite amount of time and resources and literal people resources, okay? And they, and right. they are representing yeah. a lot of books, okay? So their kind of metho- methodology is to kind of um, space things out where for the most part, most publishers don't really do publishing campaigns or marketing campaigns until like the 90-day window of the release date. Now, that's visible to you or I. They are, however, working on items like getting the book into sales catalogs and getting the book in front of buyers and getting the book in front of distributors. But that is not something you or I like tangibly see because it doesn't go out to us. Right, it goes right. out to the buyers right. and the True. and the and the retailers and stuff like that. So they are working on your behalf. Trust me, it's just not something that that is visible in the way we think of marketing. You know, social True. media or ads or whatever. Um, so they're they're working on it. They just the typical marketing in terms of giveaways and pre-orders and and all that sort of stuff. It's usually like a ninety-day window. Um, like I'm in the middle of, I think I already told you I have, let's see, four, three books in April. And I just got, just this week, most of the information we needed to kind of move forward with pre-order incentives on all of them, you know. And so, and some of the books just went out to influencers and, and that sort of thing. So most publishers, op- and that's three different publishers. <laughs> so most publishers operate in that 90-day window in terms of getting all this stuff pulled together and issued. It's our job to figure out what we want exactly and ask for it 
in enough time that hopefully we can get it sooner rather than later so we can move forward with what we need to do in order to promote everything to your readers. Okay. So um, that's basically what the spreadsheet is. And again, you're going on vacation. I don't want you to worry about this. But what I do want you to do is pray over um, any reservations you might have. Um, This is a really, I'm telling you, every author, whether they're new or established or has 30 books, doesn't like to do this. Because it feels uncomfortable. It feels like you're like stalking people on the internet trying to get them to buy your Girl Scout cookies or something, right? That's what it feels like. (laughs) That's exactly what it feels like. Um, But remember, not everybody is going to say yes. Um, Some people won't even respond. That that happens. Um, And some people will surprise you and say yes that you never imagined, you know. And so my, my motto is always you can't say no for people. All you can do is ask with a genuine heart and a genuine desire to help them, like help them see how the material in the book will help their audience, right? Um, and then you kind of have to leave it in God's hands, whether that's a connection, you know, that he, he wants or not, right? And yeah. my other motto on no's is that anytime someone says no to me, like no joke, I actually do this, and my kids think it's hilarious. You know, they say, no, they can't work with me, or no, I can't do that, or whatever. And um, I always view it um, as a moment of gratitude for God's protection. It doesn't mean that not working with that person was going to be a horrible thing. It Sometimes that's happened, right? He's protected me from situations that are difficult, working relationships. But I think also sometimes he's protecting our schedule a little bit in our um, in our reach just to refine it, like, to the right people. Does that you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you if you get a rejection or you get a no or you don't get a response, like don't don't get discouraged by it. I think God's orchestrating all of it, but you and I are doing our part by doing due diligence to kind of steward the book well and reach out to the people that we think it might impact. But just because we think it might impact their audience doesn't always mean that they will, and we have to respect that. You know? Yeah. Okay. So just. Pray over, like, any reservation. Just remember that this is, even though it's really, really, really hard to ask people to do things for you, <laughs> and, you know, you're, it's the way you ask that's the most important. And trust me, they're going to remember you down the road if you came to them with that genuineness and that sincerity and that true desire to help them. Even if they couldn't say yes now, maybe down the road something will come of it. You just never know, you know? And above all, even if nothing ever comes out of it, you still represented yourself well in the message that God wants to give you to steward well, right? And we need more of that in this industry, which which we both know, (laughs) right? Not using people, but but trying to genuinely invest in them. Okay, so does that give you kind of a high-level overview right now of of how we're going to move forward when you get back? Yep. Yep. Okay. Do you feel comfortable or do you have any specific questions? No, I feel really comfortable. And I I had already started um, making the list, so I'll just keep moving with that. Yeah. And and the main reason um, I ask that we kind of do everything in the shared drive um, has more to do with eliminating admin stuff between us, right? So, number one, you and I are, you know, we're busy. Um, and so if for some reason, like, you're – 
I, I don't know, I do this all the time and wake up at three in the morning and think, did I do that? And I'll actually come down here and look. <laughs> so I'm not going to email you at three in the morning checking up on something. But like if I go and check the spreadsheet, you know, or the to-do list, I can kind of get a general idea of where we are. And the same for you. You know, if you're wondering about something and you don't want to email me or you know I won't be able to respond because it's a Saturday or something, you can always hop in here and see the progress on the spot without having to wait for me to respond to an email or something like that. So that's why, that's why I like the Google Drive shared docs and all that is because it gives us a central place to communicate um, without inundating each other with emails and stuff like that. So I would recommend that the, the link that you got in the email that said, you know, Lindsay has shared whatever with you, um, try to save it as like a bookmark in your menu bar of your browser so you don't have to go look it up every time. You know, just okay. title it. Yeah, just title it our project or your book name or whatever. Whatever's going to help you remember it. And then that way, anytime you need to go to it, you can just click on it and you'll see this information. Now, right now, it just has the spreadsheets. As we move on, we'll, we'll have other information in here. You know, we'll have our images. We'll have our communication plan for the launch team. Um, you know, when we're working through, like, what you're going to write for blog series or newsletter or whatever, all of that will be in this folder in one place. So we can both, you know, make edits and stuff like that as needed. Okay. okay. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to just say a quick prayer over you. Um, and then we can – remind me when you're coming back, what's the date? A week from Sunday, so uh, we'll get back Sunday night, the 20th. March 20th. Okay, and then I am actually, our spring break is that next week. So I'm actually going to be off that next week. So um, we can aim to schedule something the week after, a call the week after to go over this. Um, Or... I mean, you can work on it and, and get back to me if you need more time and that sort of thing. But we should probably do a call within, like, that first or second week of April okay. just, to touch, just to touch base on the spreadsheet and how it's going and any questions you have and that sort of thing. Okay? Yeah. So we can, we can schedule that when you get back if you want. That's fine. Okay, cool. And you said no questions, right? You're good? I think I'm good. Good. Okay. Okay, Lord, I just thank you so much for this day. Um, I know it's hard sometimes when we wake up and we just are overwhelmed with everything that is in front of us, but please help us to just wake with gratitude and hope in anticipation of how you are going to move through all the different circumstances in our life that are um, bringing us stress or strain or a, a sense of overwhelm. Um, you know how... Satan likes to distract us <laughs> and pull our attention away from the truth and get us to feel or to react with feeling and emotion versus um, with the truth of the scriptures and the promises that you have made. So we know right now that you have a plan for everything that's going on in each of our lives and you have a purpose and um, you as long as we are willing to stop and listen and rest and abide in you, 
are going to give us clear path of how to move forward, whether it's a difficult situation, whether it's um, unexpected hurt, whether it's just the sheer busyness of life and schedule, um, even in how we're supposed to pull out information from this book and market it to the people that need it and collaborate with the publisher and work with one another, you know exactly um, how that is all supposed to be laid out. And we're just grateful for your divine guidance and your love and your grace and your peace and your hope. And I know I'm thankful, and I'm sure Michelle is too, that we have the privilege of being able to do something we both love, you know, take words and usher them into the world in a way to bring hope to people. Um, It's just a privilege and an honor to be able to take our experiences and our knowledge and um, help people lives change because of it so we're just we're grateful for that and grateful that you trust both of us to steward um the gift of grace um the gift of salvation that each of us has and also that you um see in us enough to help other people see that same grace and that same hope um i just pray for michelle and her family during the trip that they have the ability to really reconnect with one another um in a way that is not being pulled in many different directions, but rather being um, pushed together with fun and joy and laughter and and just really remembering what's most important in this life, which is um, loving each other well, serving each other well, and, and above all, letting everybody see the light that is in their family that shines for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm so excited for you. You'll have to sit on the beach for me. (laughs) (laughs) I personally love the beach. My whole entire family um, gets bored after five minutes. Oh, no. Oh, I could sit there forever. Just just listening to the waves come in. Like, that's where I feel God the the most. I know. I told my husband, I think the ocean just, I don't know, well, I I get geekily um, sobby over a lot of nature stuff, but to me, like, the ocean really represents kind of the wildness of God, right? And it's so unending. Like, you sit there and you just think, yes. oh, my gosh, I am so small. And that's not a bad yes. thing. Um, and I also like to watch um, the Hubble Space Telescope videos. Have you ever watched any of those? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they look at, like, nothing in the sky, and it's, like, galaxy upon, upon galaxy upon galaxy. It just it's awe-inspiring to me. Um, I love stuff like that because it just helps me remember that there is always something bigger out there than my problems <laughs> or even, your sure. eye or even whatever yeah. we're trying to do. And it's just all orchestrated so beautifully, you know. So where are you going for spring break? Nowhere. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I take that back. We decided we're not doing a big trip because, to be honest, the only place we can really go is like Florida. Right, everywhere else is freezing where we are. And and that's like 14, 15 hours. And last year we did it, and it was just, it was a beating. Like four of the days we're traveling. So I think what we're going to do is um, <clears throat> Nash, or Tennessee has this, like, map where you can go and see, like, the top seven waterfalls in the state. So I think wow. we're going to take. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I think we're gonna, that. I think we're going to take like three or four days to do that because it's really low key and you can rent like a little cabin or a hotel or whatever, but you have to like hike to a lot of them. 
So we're, I think we're going to pick like four of them and just go to like one a day and just have it be real, you know, low key and eating. I don't know. Our kids like, we like to eat in really weird diners and go to, you know, unique shops and stuff like that just because it's fun. So yeah, we'll do something like that. It's really easy. Yeah, last year we didn't go anywhere because mm-hmm. two years ago we drove to Florida and like you say, we spent two days mm-hmm. driving and two days back and then it was still cold there. And it was like, mm-hmm. well, if we're going to drive all that and it's not even going to be warm, like we were literally like all bundled up on the beach and it was like, well, that was miserable. <laughs> yeah. So last yeah. year we didn't go anywhere and I was like, mm-hmm. no, we, we have to go somewhere plus my oldest is, you know, almost ready to leave for college. We're like, well, we've got to do something before he yeah. gets ready to fly the coop. So. I I think we tend to, we tend to travel um more heavily in the summer anyway because I can work from anywhere. So if my husband gets enough time off, we usually go spend like a month in Texas, right? Like he doesn't stay the whole time. Like he'll drive up with me and then he'll fly home and then I'll just stay with the kids cuz all of our family is in Dallas. And so we do that a lot. Um I have a family in Dallas and family in Austin. And then um I think this year weirdly we're going to try to go to Wisconsin. <laughs> that sounds funny, but they okay. have, um, I know, everyone's like, what? But they have. Well, this, I'm from um, Michigan, so I would go back in a heartbeat, but, you know, yeah, not everybody, yeah, everybody would used to. Everybody I tell is like, why are you going to Wisconsin? So they have, like, Wisconsin Dells, which, oh, which yeah. is, is this area that has all these, like, resorts that are, like, water parks and stuff like that. And if you stay in one, you can go to all of them. And my kids would love that, you know. Yeah. So we're probably going to do that over the summer. And then both kids have um, – youth group camp in the summer. So they'll go to the, one of them's going to the beach and one of them's going to the mountains. And my husband always goes on that with them. He works like the audio visual and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Oh, be fun. Fun. I know. All right. Well, if you make it back to Texas, you'll have to come stay with me. I will. I will. Yeah. We usually come, like I said, in the summer, um, as much as we adore our family, it's so difficult to come over the holidays. It's just, it's awful. And every time we do, um, we wind up with, like, seriously, thousands of dollars of catastrophic debt. It's crazy. Like, my car got stolen one year, and then another year we ran over a suitcase in the road, and then another year my husband got sick, and my mother-in-law took him to an ER instead of, um, like, a dock in the box. Oh, no. No, I'm serious. So we got, like, an $8,000 bill because he had a cold. It was crazy. And so. This this over Christmas, when our car literally got stolen out of my mother-in-law's driveway the first day we were there, <laughs> I looked at her and I said, I love you, but I can't, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> we'll, no. We'll, we, you can come to us on the holidays. Um, and in the summer, you know, I, I don't know why nothing happens in the summer, but it's just, it's been so stressful every time. Like we just got my car, well, the car was found and impounded. So we had to go through impound to get it, and we had to pay for it. They don't care that your car was impounded. And and then we finally got home, and insurance approved everything, and it was like $6,000 worth of damage to my car. I literally got my car back last month. It's crazy. So anyway, I told her, I was like, I can't even. I'm going to pay for your $200 plane ticket to come here. Like, I can't handle this anymore. But anyway, in the summer, yeah, for sure. Um, We always go up there and. Like I said, we visit her and, and my um, kids, aunt and uncle live in Dallas, and then my, my parents live in Austin. So it's a lot of fun. 
goodness. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think I'm a magnet for like catastrophe over the holidays, you know? <laughs> okay, well, we're going to reject that lie right now. <laughs> yeah, we need to. But I do have to tell you, um, it was hysterical the look on my husband's face. Like when we woke up and realized the car was gone. Just the look on his face, I don't think I will ever forget. So it was just funny, you know, just, I mean, we we had been there like five hours, you know. So anyway, um, (laughs) there there was definitely some humor in that for sure. Um, But we spent the whole week and a half we were there trying to get our car back and dealing with police, and it was just crazy. So anyway. Horrible. Um, actually, so many people have, like, ever since we've moved here, we've been here five years now, so many people know about all the crazy stuff that happens to us when we go back that they now ask us about it. So what happened <laughs> while you were there this time? <laughs> and I would really like to be able to say nothing. We just sat and watched TV. It was awesome. <laughs> I hope you have established a prayer team yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I get it. If, I get the if whole, you have not, you need to. <laughs> I, I get the whole spiritual attack thing for sure because <laughs> I'm pretty much in a constant state of it. I mean, if you think about it, you're, I mean, well, you work in an area that's definitely um, oh, yeah. very spiritual warfare. Oh, but yes. most of my authors, they just, they experience a lot of it right around release. And I'm like, yeah, try doing it with four books at once. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Not yeah. not even not even the launch process, just the like attacks, you know, and just the emotional because because I've told you before, unlike most marketers, I actually read the books. You know, yeah. and I actually I actually go through them and I mean it's not always easy. It really isn't, you know. And I haven't made it all the way through yours. I had to put it down, not in a bad way. So hear my I was heart. Gonna say, do I want not to in a bad way. Good or bad. No, not in a bad way. But I'm very much a processor. And you've got to remember like the first way I the first way I ever connected with God was through books. And so I'm notorious for not finishing Bible studies because I'll stop at something and I'll have to really like reflect and pray over it for a while before I can move on because that's just the way my mind works. So it's not a bad thing. It's just that sometimes um, some of the stuff triggers me. I have a very difficult past, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just that usually when I have that feeling or that emotion, it's my signal that I need to stop and kind of really pray through whatever it is because it's for my good. It's for my own good, you know? Um, and it's so funny. I'll, I'll tell you this and I'll let you go. And um, I'm in a group right now where I'm leading a study on this particular book. Um, and the book is about recovering from uh, the author is like his, his journal of his first 90 days of sobriety from alcohol addiction but the book is really about all the things we do to numb our pain right it's not necessarily alcohol (laughs) right and sometimes it could be drugs or sometimes it could be food or shopping and sometimes it could be the bible like you literally using church to kind of numb our pain instead of letting it heal it right and so we were talking about this earlier and um they were talking about a person who Oh, gosh, I can't even remember. Um, I think something in your book reminded me of this, and then his book reaffirmed it. But I had a couple of years where I was clinically depressed. 
And it had a lot to do with whatever, what was going on in my life at the time. But I made the comment that what's been so hard since is like back then when I was a wreck and not saved and in the middle of all this horrible sin, like people came out of the woodworks to fix me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they were there Mm -hmm. and they wanted to fix me. And I had all these counselors who most of them were good, (laughs) but some of them weren't right. And it was just, it was interesting to be so surrounded at that time by all these people, but now that I'm so many years on the other side of all of that, it's actually very hard. I found it very hard to make friends or mentors. I, I don't know why, like in real life, okay? And I, and I basically what I was kind of tr- trying to process through your book and his book is that feeling of um, invisibility that I can have, feel like I have sometimes. Like, it does, like I don't matter anymore because I'm not, a, I'm not someone to be fixed. Do you see what I mean? Mm, yeah. So I, yeah. I've been, which is not, tr- I know it's not true, but that's something that I'm trying to, to work through a little bit. And mm-hmm. one of the people in that group said, um, oh gosh, this is such an amazing response. And I wanted to tell it to you because I think it would encourage you. Hold on. I'm scrolling so I can find it. I think it was right here. Um, I basically was talking about this feeling and, oh, Lord, have mercy. Where is it? I'm so sorry. That's like another week. I thought it was right here. Facebook groups are annoying to scroll through when you're trying to find something specific. Okay, here it is. Um. I made that comment, and then this guy, and this is a guy who is part of the group who is kind of on house arrest right now, um, and he's waiting for a court date and all this kind of stuff for his DUIs, okay? And he said, um, my comment about feeling invisible now that I didn't need to be fixed anymore, and he said, you reminded me of a topic at church that we just heard about, the story parallel Joseph, but what I remember writing down is that while God is developing us, he often hides us. Um, and he said, he, I took that as encouragement as I go through a time of home detention where I'm not allowed out in the public. Um, I'm realizing that God's developing me through prayer and reading and um, specific time with him. Um, jo- Joseph went through slavery and prison while, while God developed him. His ultimate story is one of restoration and forgiveness, that God had to hide him. Um, his brothers didn't even recognize him when they first talked to him while he was building him up. You too may still be in a period where God has hidden you from the group or people you are ultimately led to influence for Christ while he wraps up some finishing touches on the woman God made you to be. So I just thought that was really insightful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was awesome. So. And I think for, yeah. I, I think for me, I, like I had to read it a couple times and go, gosh, that's probably true. Like I've spent, I've spent my whole life craving acceptance and community because I was taught that I wasn't worth anything unless I did X, Y, or Z. And usually mm-hmm. those X, Y, or Z things were really, really horrible things, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was just an interesting perspective of going, okay, <laughs> you know, th- that is true. And he is growing me and stretching me in a lot of ways that just from the work I do, period, and that was kind of the point I was telling you earlier, is just from the books I read, like I can tell 
like that sometimes he's just trying to help God is just trying to help me grow a little bit more or trust a little bit more or move me forward a little bit more. And it's not always just about the job for me. You know, it's about personal growth and personal investment and all that kind of stuff. So, and so maybe some, sometimes he, you know, chooses for authors not to work with you because he doesn't want mm-hmm. you exposed to the material in there. Exactly. Have you ever thought of that? Yeah, like for maybe, sure. Maybe he's saving you from having to read some of that material because maybe that wouldn't be good for you. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's to it, grow. Sometimes yeah. it's to protect, for sure. And I heard a, I heard a sermon, I think it was about a week ago. Um, someone was, they were talking about, you know, um, when God was wrestling with Jacob. And they were talking mm-hmm. about how there's often a period of silence. God's often silent before the the wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that. Because recently yeah. I'm like, God, where are you? And how come you're so quiet? Like, yeah, can you get on with this? And can you speak up? Like, how come I'm not hearing you? Because I'm using her and you. And she was saying, he's often silent before the wrestle. And then yeah. she was saying that we often think that Jacob initiated the wrestle, but he he didn't. It was God who initiated the wrestle. Mm. I was like, oh. That's good. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So just to say, I mean, I, I get it. I get what it's like for you guys because I get it tenfold in terms of the books, you know, just the material and the nature. And, you know, if I sat here and gave you a list of every single book I've worked on, you would laugh as a, as a counselor, like, or, you know, you know what I mean? You would clearly yeah. see like the path that I've been taken on through working on these books. And so anyway, it, I really, I think it helps me too, though, because I'm not just operating from a marketing perspective, like I'm operating as a true reader, like as a person who responds um, to that kind of work in order to find like hope and healing. And so I think that just helps me really clarify. um, It's kind of a uniquely weird talent, I guess, (laughs) to be able to kind of pull out like what will resonate with people most, because that's the way I operate just in my personality, you know? So anyway, having said that, sometimes it takes me a little while longer to read the books completely because I've kind of stopped and paused and just kind of try to figure out what it is that's prompting me. And sometimes it's healing that I need, but sometimes it's it's kind of what turns into some of the marketing material, if, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like there's mm-hmm. a reason God has me stuck there. So it just takes me a little while to get through them because I'm trying to really listen um, to what God wants us to share about this versus just giving you some 14 step, whatever that anybody else does, you know? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, you have a fantastic trip. I'm sorry. I took more of your time. No no problem. It's useful. Good, good, good. But hopefully you have a great time of rest and I'll be praying over you to just have some peace during this time for sure. Good. Okay. okay. And then do you just want to shoot me some days and times for the week that you'll be back and we can get yeah. that on the calendar? Yeah, I'll it's do better that for if sure. I schedule it now as opposed to wait when you get back. Because when I'm, I get I'm, back, you'll be gone. Yeah, no, I'm wide I'm wide open. So I'll just send you the dates. Um I'll just really it's any time the week of the twenty eighth or the week of the fourth. But I'll put that in the notes and um, that I'm gonna send you in a little bit and then you can um Kind of tell me what works with your schedule. Probably, um, 
probably Monday the 28th is going to be the easiest day. Otherwise, I could do like the afternoon of the 31st or the morning of the 1st. So probably not the morning of the 1st because that's the day that I'm helping with that conference. So probably Monday the 28th or the afternoon of the 31st. Okay. What ab- how about the afternoon of the thirty first? Is there a particular time? Um, like two o'clock. Central. Uh, two o'clock central. Okay. Yeah, that'll work for me. Okay. Well, then I'll just put that as our time in our notes, and we'll be good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Great. I will send you the notes in a little bit, and with the dates, and then you enjoy your vacation. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Take care. (laughs) Okay. Great. Bye. Bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.